1: Welcome to the Cool Stuff Ride Home podcast. Marcus Path alongside Reggie Rizou. On today's condensed holiday week episode, a closer look at the long-running classic commercials you see each year at this time. And in today's Cool Stuff Look Back, we cover what you should be eating to get better sleep. That plus this week in history, we head to the stars. Coming up, it's Cool Stuff Ride Home. Well, we're approximately halfway through this year's holiday season with many of us following through on any number of traditions, be they with family or friends. And that got me to thinking about something else that's come to be an expectation around the holidays, commercials and two commercials in particular, Hershey Kisses and Corona. If you're like me, you may have found yourself asking, how many years have these ads been utilized? Because it feels like my entire life. And for many of us, that may very well be true. The Hershey Kisses Christmas Bells ad originally aired in December of 1989 and has been running every holiday since. That makes it, surprise, surprise, Hershey's longest-running ad ever. The first version of the ad was crafted using stop motion. That's the same methodology used to film the original King Kong, as well as a variety of films throughout history. It features 11 kisses arranged to resemble a handbell while playing the tune We Wish You a Merry Christmas in the fashion of a handbell choir. The ad remained largely unchanged until the mid-2010s. Upgraded the look and feel by adding high-definition graphics, an improved audio recording, and a slight adjustment to their tagline, moving from Happy Holidays from Hershey's Kisses to Warmest Holidays from Hershey's Kisses. That last bit actually took place in 2019. And if you watch this, or if you've watched the commercial over the years, you've come to realize the graphics do just look sharper in more recent years. Then of course, in 2020, all hell broke loose for a variety of reasons, including one that affected this commercial. The company opted to release an updated version of the Christmas classic, in which the Bells begin to play their traditional song before a young girl reaches in and picks up one of the chocolates to be placed on top of a cookie she's making with her dad. Well, this didn't sit well with some people. I went down a Reddit rabbit hole uh, before we actually came to record this episode, Reggie, and man i wound up laughing and sometimes just rolling my eyes at how much people care about an updated form of a commercial you'd have thought hershey stole their childhood here it's unbelievable
0: i don't understand why they'd be upset about that that makes sense people use kisses for that purpose who cares if they update i don't i don't get it i don't get it and I also by the way i'm amused by the updated graphics like it's a. Uh, a new marvel movie that came out <laughs> it's, it's just kisses playing music <laughs> it is essentially the same ad but one
1: thing i always noticed the image is crisper and the dimensions of course remember in the 1980s and 90s we were watching box tv square pictures so you had a different set of dimensions that you had to adhere to. And with the upgrade in the mid 2010s, you saw that those high definition graphics come into effect a little bit longer on the sides.
0: Do those uh, high definition graphics make it feel like it's really there and you want to eat them? It does.
1: It's like I'm a part of the commercial now and I can reach out and grab one of the handbells and put it on a cookie just to irritate everyone <laughs> that's on a Reddit thread. Uh, <laughs> unreal. Uh, the other holiday ad that's been running nearly as long as Hershey's is Corona's O tannen Palm spot. In that one a single small cabana sits along the ocean at night. I'm sure you've seen it. And what is obviously a tropical climate, 10 seconds of silence or simply listening to the ocean waves are broken by a whistling rendition of O tannenbaum Balm, aka the music to O Christmas Tree. At that point one palm tree located just outside the cabana illuminates covered in colorful lights. The ad was filmed in Mexico and originally dropped in 1990, just one year after the Hershey spot. Retired ad executive Mike Rogers is credited with the creation of this ad and said in a 2015 anniversary video, quote, what you don't see in the commercial though is that the area we were working in was really marshy. And as a result, there were alligators swimming right where we wanted to put the camera. So we had to have alligator wranglers scoop the alligators and keep them out of the way, The cameraman was petrified, so we promised him he could go out there, set up the shot, and then escape, end quote. Uh, Reg, I don't know how much you'd have to be paid in order to film a commercial in what is essentially an alligator pit.
0: Do you have a number in mind? I don't know. I mean, if there's enough crocodile Dundees around, I think I'm fine. Well, I, I I'm not sure they had one on staff. I, I guess alligator wranglers.
1: I don't know yeah. what that necessarily means. People uh, who
0: capture alligators. That's a, yeah. I'm I'm sure it's fine. It's but you're, fine. It's not even an enclosing <laughs> like an enclosure. You're in
1: the open swamps of uh, the open marshes of of Mexico. Who knows
0: how many gators were actually out there? That's wild. All this for a silly 30 second commercial. <laughs> yeah,
1: we say it's silly, but n- now it's been running since 1990 which
0: well, is insane they have to they haven't paid off the cameraman yet <laughs> that was that was a big workers comp filing is that what <laughs> yeah, you're saying exactly by the
1: way that's not accurate that's not actually part of the story <laughs> that part did not take place uh what did the ad was made for an estimated fifty thousand dollars and more than 30 years ago at that uh, it's been running untouched ever since no one had a reddit thread that they wound up really irritated on because there was an adjustment to the corona commercial. Per a 2018 article from the website Good Beer Hunting, John Alvarado, the senior vice president for brand marketing with importer Constellation Brands Beer Division, is noted as being open-minded and willing to consider new holiday corona spots each year, but when he and his colleagues have a conversation about it, they wind up at the same place. He says his team might spend 30 minutes brainstorming other ways to approach a new holiday spot but it just never seems worth it, and they wind up back with Otannen Palm. Now uh, that same article points out that Corona also shows the strongest week-to-week growth over its imported competitors like Modelo and Heineken during the holiday season, when the commercial is actively running. So, Reggie, it clearly is having an impact on people because the proof is in the pudding. Your sales are higher than any other imported beer at that point in time when the ad is running. Seems pretty obvious, and. And for that type of investment, $50,000, and to have it still actively playing in 2023, uh, I'd say Mike Rogers should feel like he was underpaid
0: for all of this. <laughs> is it the ad or is it the fact that they're just promoting Corona more at that time of year?
1: Mm, I Well, I don't I know. Mean, I mean, you're playing an ad. Corona ads run annually. Yeah. I mean, the summer ads, you got the Tony Romo ads. Uh, For a while, you had John Gruden featured in some of those. Eli Manning, I think, is in the more recent renditions. It's not like they're not actively canvassing the market. I think this nostalgia plays into it. People, and and that's probably the very reason people get upset about the Hershey Kisses ad being changed slightly, uh, because they've just come to expect a certain thing at a certain time of year, and people don't like change. Uh, In this instance, no change. The nostalgia value is there. And maybe at some point you bought corona in the past and now you've made that a tradition because hey why not when i see the ad i'm gonna go out and get it done it might be a lot of dots to connect but i mean the numbers are there and it's not like these other beer companies aren't advertising
0: the ad is a non-offensive ad i don't care if it plays or not but it does seem like hey Let's get our marketing team in here. Do you guys have any ideas? No. All right, let's go to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want to keep your job, you'd think you'd be actively
1: suggesting or advocating exactly. for changing the uh, the ad up. But if you can't come up with anything better, I suppose, if it's not broke, as they say. They
0: just don't want to deal with alligators again.
1: Fair enough. You know what? I wonder if that cameraman is still still actively operating today. <laughs> and if,
0: if they approached him about a new version, would he be up for it? and enough to a cool stuff look back we discuss how to get better sleep what food should you be eating
1: well we've all been there lying awake in bed wondering if we'll ever fall asleep and many of us have likely tried a variety of products and tactics for that matter to try and get us off to dreamland from melatonin to alcohol to yoga before bed but have you ever considered fruit as a potential solution a recent sleep charity study produced five tips for better sleep in 2024 with fruit consumption before bed topping the list more specifically bananas of course sleep charity says bananas in particular can help you drift off due to their high level of magnesium and potassium each of which helps to relax muscles bananas also contain the amino acid tryptophan more often associated with thanksgiving turkey at least in my mind which stimulates production of brain calming hormones Fruit also encourages the production of melatonin, the naturally occurring hormone that plays a big role in how well you sleep. Of course, I think many of us are familiar with that. Sky News, citing a study published in a special issue of Antioxidants in Health and Disease, of course, one of Reggie's favorite publications, says grapes, tart cherries, and strawberries are the best sources of melatonin among fruits. And while fruit tops the list, it's not the only food that can help you catch some z's the sleep charity also recommends almonds fish whole grain cereals and oat cakes with cheese to help you drift off and if you're familiar with this product i i was not marmite the british food spread based on yeast extract and made from byproducts of beer contains natural substances that help induce sleep uh, regardless of what you're eating, it's important to keep your pre-bedtime meal light. Eating a large meal before bed can lead to discomfort and indigestion, been there, done that. And of course, spicy food in particular is a recipe for disaster, although they that may not just be before bed. Uh, similarly, high carbohydrate foods like bread, pasta, and rice can stimulate your acid production and keep you up longer, while too much chocolate can subject you to a caffeine overload, so watch that. So what else? Sleep charities list of things to help you doze off. Well, some of these things are a bit more intuitive, at least in my mind. Switch off your screens. Screens can suppress the body's production of melatonin. So your phone, your iPad, your tablet, whatever it is that you utilize throughout the day. Try not to be using that at least a half hour before bed. Uh, Try relaxing activities like reading. That's also on the list. A bath even shortly before bed can help meditation okay been there tried that as well finally create the ideal bedroom environment the charity says making your room cool dark and quiet is key along with keeping clutter out of sight so reggie i ask you this have you ever tried consuming a banana before bed to help you get some sleep
0: that sounds absolutely terrible i don't mind bananas but that taste just stays in my mouth i feel like for hours that wait, wait, I, wait. I, you don't you don't mind bananas but yet you hate the taste it's it's like the aftertaste you know you, it tastes different and it, it kind of sticks around and then i'm going to be stuck tasting that all night so <laughs> I, I can handle some <laughs> of the other asleep. options <laughs> no i'll have trouble sleeping because i'll taste banana it's not going to work fair enough so what is it that you do to try to to uh get some rest I usually stretch before I go to sleep because otherwise I get like a little restless leg. So mm-hmm. I stretch to work the muscles a little bit and that usually helps.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good way of doing it. I, I have tried yoga before bed. I'm not a regular yoga practitioner, but I will admit when I do it, it definitely helps relax me. At least if you do the right type of yoga and uh, and get some sleep so that's certainly uh, on the top of my list i'm probably gonna try this though i do enjoy a banana from time to time and unlike you i guess i don't have as much of a problem with aftertaste that comes from it so we'll see i'll report back uh you could also try though reg the grapes or tart cherries or strawberries those are also options
0: i feel like i'd get seeds in my teeth and have be working on those i mean i could brush my teeth before i go to bed but i don't know i don't know i (laughs) don't know You're you're loaded with problems, man. (laughs) This day in history on December 28th, 1612, is when Neptune was first observed from Earth by Galileo. However, he didn't realize it was a planet at the time. According to his drawings that he made on the same date, he thought Neptune was a fixed star. He noticed Neptune when observing four large moons of Jupiter, which are now named after him, the Galilean moons. They consist of Io, Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto. He discovered the moons in 1610 with his homemade 20-powered telescope. Galileo then observed Neptune again on January 27th of 1613. Again, he thought it was a star, he thought it was a fixed blue star, so he isn't officially credited with its discovery. However, in 2009, a theory was brought forward that Galileo did believe it was a planet after observing drawings that he made noting a dot, which would refer to one of the planet's moons. There doesn't seem to be any other documentation, though, that he tried to observe the moon again, though, so he didn't get credited with recognizing it as a planet. The planet had been observed several times before its official discovery. That came with the help of mathematical predictions. It was French mathematician and astronomer Urbain Verrier that used predictions on where Neptune would be, and on the night of September 23rd, 24th of 1846, it was observed with a telescope at the Berlin Observatory by astronomer Johann Gottfried Galle. Verrier couldn't convince astronomers in France to observe the skies based on his calculations. They thought it was a waste of time. That is when he reached out to the Berlin Observatory. While Gal and his assistant were the first to observe the planet, Verrier has been credited with its discovery. And after it was discovered, it only took 17 days after that for Triton, one of Neptune's moons, to be discovered by English merchant and astronomer William Lassell. And uh, as I'm reading the story, Marcus, it brought up another fact that I think you mentioned once before. Why did everyone in these early days have two jobs? Merchant and astronomer? (laughs) They,
1: They had like seven I'm sure he was also a philosopher, probably operated a neighborhood store. I, I can never figure this out with the success. The town doctor. To yes. <laughs> I, I I swear Galileo was probably that too. Um, is, you know what was wild when you were reading the the early portions about Galileo's observation? The fact that he looked at it with a homemade telescope. I mean, that's pretty darn impressive for someone in what, 1613 to be yeah, doing. He- not only discover it, see it up there. Not necessarily understand that it's a planet right away, but to even be able to observe it, I mean, wow.
0: Yeah. And some of the other observations came more that they noticed gravitational fields weren't following where they thought it would be like with Uranus and stuff. They figured something was out there and they mathematically observed Neptune and, uh, they've kind of observed it, observed it on telescopes, but they didn't officially recognize it as a planet until the observation in uh, 1846.
1: I'm just trying to think about people's understanding of space in general at that time you know you have no photos of earth from the moon or in space at any point and really all you're going off of is somebody who's staring up there with this contraption they made at their house we know he's smart or at least we think he's a smart guy but he's coming back and saying there's this large entity much like the one we are standing on that is circling the same sun, the same star out there. And of course I know, yeah, you're you're still amongst the time where people are talking about a flat earth. I just, like, it It makes my mind explode to think about trying to, uh, I guess, put forth
0: this theory and have people follow along with you back then. I'm still amazed they can predict on where Neptune would be based on math. I make mistakes just balancing my checkbook to to be able to do math to figure out where a planet would be. have I asked you
1: this before on this show? Are you still writing checks? (laughs) <laughs> Who's balancing a checkbook now?
0: You, I still have the register that you go and I make sure everything's balanced, even if I'm not writing a check. I still want to make sure all the bills are paid. I once called the bank when I was 16 over a 10 cent difference in my checkbook because <laughs> I was convinced I was right. How did they respond? After a few minutes of arguing with a 16 year old, they gave me 10 cents. <laughs> <laughs>
1: fine, sir. You know what? (laughs) I've got a dime in my pocket. Here it is.
0: That's what I'm assuming. The person I called is like, I'll just put, (laughs) I'll just put a dime in the the (laughs) toilet. Get this kid off the line. (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Well, with that. Well, that will conclude this edition of cool stuff ride home. (laughs) Reach us at coolstuffcommute at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts, concerns, questions, I'm Reggie Rizou. He's Marcus path. We'll talk to you tomorrow.